Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of MGR Unplugged. I'm here with David again. And uh, David, how are you today? I am good. How we are you? We have some uh, very good news to uh, start the podcast with. Some breaking news. Bam, 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 bam. That's my breaking news sound effect. That's, we're on a low budget here, aren't we? I, we, I know, we can't I, afford sound effects. I pushed my button and I created my uh, improvised sound effect for breaking news around the world. Um, anyways, no, David, We we this is something that... Uh, David and I were talking about for a while. We kind of, you know, we don't want to start loading podcasts and things like that. But uh, I'm going to let David uh, break the news since it's going to be his creation. So uh, take it away, brother. Um, basically, we're launching a new podcast, our third in the MGR network. It's a network. If you have three. Yeah, yeah. With three, it, I it's think a we network can qualify now. as a podcasting network. Yes. We're growing. We're growing. We have a lot of... Uh, uh, more things down the pipeline. But let's continue with the third one now. Um, basically, this one is going to be a very tactical and uh, newsworthy, newsworthy, news, news providing podcast on everything e-commerce. Um, so basically, we have two podcasts right now. This one, obviously, which is very unscripted, non. Very little planning. Unplugged. Yeah, unplugged. That's what we called it. That even At- though we make sure we're plugged in, so everything records properly. Yes. And then I have my podcast, The Edge. And But the problem with that one, the reason why I'm making a second one, is that one I like to talk more high-level strategy and look a lot at like what big companies are doing. I'll say like, oh, you know, Apple did this this week. Why are they doing this? What's their strategy? And I'll do that with a lot of different companies. Um, and it's more high-level strategy. But I don't like to mix. I have in the past. I don't like to mix certain like specific tactics like oh you should do this on amazon because it's going to increase your conversion rate things like that it's just a a little different and so i didn't like having that on the same feed so basically we're going to have two different podcasts so this new podcast is going to be hardcore tactical um e-commerce amazon and uh mostly shopify but but generally so so the main goal we're trying to achieve is to segment an audience and there's a lot of people that come to us and they they listen to one and then we kind of throw in some amazon or e-commerce news in the middle of another one and and they kind of get lost in the shuffle so we're just going to make it easier and for everybody that is involved in some type of uh, e-commerce uh business um, this is the podcast to listen to, and, and it won't be very long. I mean, it's just going to be uh, weekly news. Yeah, it's just going to be. It's not going to be time limits or time uh, minimums. Basically, as long as it needs to be. But if if there's not a whole lot going on that certain week, then it'll only be maybe a five ten minute podcast. But if there's more to talk about, then it could be longer. It's basically. You know, we deal with dozens of e-commerce clients on a daily basis in Amazon, on Shopify, through Facebook ads. We're going to talk about stuff that's been going on this week, too, mm-hmm. on Facebook and certain changes uh, with and tracking. Other, um, online retailers as well, like uh, Walmart. And, right. Uh, and so, basically, we deal with this all day long, every day. And uh, it's just going to be our insights. And, and things happen very, very frequently. Uh, there's a lot of news every day. I mean, I, this morning I was just on another uh, webinar myself with uh, Shopify. And I'm not sure if um, we'll have time to get into this today. But uh, uh, it's just that it's growing so fast that I think it renders to have its own little uh, section podcast that we can discuss um, you know, what's happening in the last week. And then it'll be very easy to find, very easy to scan and search and read the article that you, or, or listen to the section you want to know about and then just move on. And this is also a supporting <clears throat> uh, 
element to what we already have, which is our weekly email that goes to everybody that subscribes to our Amazon and e-commerce weekly news. Yeah, that one goes out every Monday. The podcast I'm basically planning to do every Tuesday. Um, it's untitled so far. We haven't decided on a final name for it yet. Well, we have a few ones, but uh, we'll, but we we'll, will we will uh, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, so absolutely. that you can subscribe to it. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's it. So if you're in the e-commerce world, I would say give it a shot. I think it'll be valuable to you. So, so um, where do people subscribe to the uh, written or the uh, month weekly newsletter for e-commerce that we have right now? Um, we will put a link in the show notes. We have a few different links, but we'll, we'll put a link in the show okay. notes. Yeah, we don't ask for any specific information, only your email, really. I mean, it's up to you how much information you want to disclose. But uh, and we don't to, we don't sell anything. Obviously, we don't put obviously. ads in the email. It's just a newsletter. It's a it's a free service. So I mean, really, you can subscribe anytime. You receive it through your in your inbox every Monday. You can. I mean, we get a lot of good feedback from our current subscribers. Most of them are already clients as well that use our services for any type of e-commerce. Uh, solution that we provide and they, they reply saying, hey, I didn't know this. I just read this thing. I didn't know about it. In, in, in fact, we had a case of a client. We don't name the client, but yeah. I, we have a, cl- a case in which our news was even more updated than the, even the person at Amazon. Yeah, it was pretty funny. One of our clients uh, has an Amazon rep and we mentioned something in our newsletter last week, uh, a new Amazon. It was basically a new Amazon advertising option. And uh, our client asked the Amazon rep about it, and the rep had no idea. And I said, "Well, you know, maybe they should. The Amazon rep should subscribe to that's, our that's newsletter." That's exactly the case. We, we kind of uh, get the news before even the uh, before Amazon is even able to uh, trickle it down to their own employees and customer service representatives or CSRs. All right. So um, one final note on this uh, podcast: we're also expanding into different uh, ways to receive it. So. Our plan is to also create um, Amazon Alexa briefing. So I need to be careful. Yep, there's Alexa talking to me. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, right, Alexa, Alexa. Stop. I can't say the A name during the podcast because she jumps in. She's, she's a, she wants to be a movie star too. I uh, can't help it. Um, anyway, so so we plan on on um, having the um, the podcast, the e-commerce podcast, the new one also as an Amazon A uh, briefing. So you can subscribe to it. We also put a, a link in the show notes. And then if you are uh, in ownership of one of these uh, devices, you can just say, what's the news brief? And then you subscribe to the MGR1, and then it goes forward with that. So, all right. So um, moving on. Um, speaking of um, e-commerce... We discussed, uh, we talked about Stripe. I think it was last week or the week before. I forgot. It was just recently. It was two weeks ago. Right. And uh, just this morning or just yesterday or earlier this week, uh, they announced that they raised another $250 million of uh, investor money, which makes them their new valuation at $35 billion with a B. That's big money for a company that does a lot of uh, e-commerce transactions. Yeah, but I actually think they're undervalued. Uh, you think they are undervalued at $35 billion? I think that you they... You know that they are like above uh, uh, Tesla's and many other companies now. That's fine. I think that they will be... This is... I'm, I'm not a big prediction guy. I'm actually a little upset that they keep raising money on the private markets. I wish they would go public so that I had a chance to invest. But um, I think that Stripe 
over i think stripe is going to be here to stay and i think that they are over the coming decades they will be a company that is worth in the hundreds of billions i think that they're going to be the the bank of the future um and i think patrick collison is one of the smartest and brightest founder ceos out there right now uh, and i just think Everything that Stripe has done in the last two years, they've just been knocking it out of the park. We talked about them launching Stripe Capital a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, they launched the new Stripe corporate card, which they didn't have previously. And it's really funny because when you think about it... It's uh, like a double dipping, basically. Basically, <laughs> they, they now... They have they're, they're the payment system for all these companies, okay, for tons of e-commerce companies. Yeah, including Spotify, Airbnb. Shopify. Shopify. Not Spotify. No, Spotify too. Oh, okay. For, no, okay. no, no. I mean, Spotify basically uses Stripe for their payment method. I thought you accidentally said no, Spotify. Not actually Shopify. Shopify. Obviously, Shopify uses Stripe as their uh, preferred uh, yeah. payment gateway. So basically, they have a ton of people ton of companies large and small using stripe now that they're they're the payment processor for that then they said okay now we're going to lend people money based on what we see through our payment processing and now we're going to see all of your expenses when you do our corporate card so they basically can build a full cash flow statement for every single private company that uses their platform that doesn't release public data so they have all of that data i think that they are very 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 smart and that they're going to have more financial data than any company in the world and that they're going to be able to leverage that that's why i think that they're going to be well, i think that they will be in 10 to 15 years I, they're not a bank yet but i think a, 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 a checking account type bank yet they do offer loans but they're not a full bank yet i think that they will be one of the largest uh, banks in the country within the next 15 years up well, there with the chases the and bank of americas is is hard to believe at this point is that as much as e-commerce has grown over the past decade really um still it's only eight percent right and of that's all the uh one of their core mission statements is this it's stripe wants to uh grow the gdp of the internet or the gdp of e-commerce because right now it's still only eight percent of the total pie um, GDP, GDP translating to gross domestic product. Right. Just like you measure internet, right. a country The, in the that. worth of the internet versus the worth of the country. Right. And so you're trying to, they're basically saying, we want to grow the GDP of e-commerce. And I think that they can. I think that they will. And I think that they will be the largest online uh, financial services provider in the world. That's what I think. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because obviously there's other companies like a Square um, that... Um, started with a big uh, push. I like Square too, but I think that they're a little different. They don't have nearly the penetration that Stripe they don't, does. They don't. And now, now Stripe is more uh, falling on the radar of the big banks like J.P. Morgan, Chase, and Bank right. of America. And all those, those are the ones that are taking note and saying, "Hey, we need to jump into this arena more heavily than the traditional, you know, online banking that they've been doing so far." So. Yeah, definitely Stripe is dominating, and uh, as I said before, they, they are the, the method being used for payments for big companies like Airbnb is the largest hospitality company right now as far as number of uh, available rooms, even though they don't own any. Uh, Uber, Spotify, uh, Shopify, basically all their e-commerce platform is based on, uh, on the Stripe uh, payment methods. So, yeah, I mean, the, the growth potential is huge, and uh, again, considering that e-commerce is only 8% of all the uh, 
retail transactions and the, the growth that it continues every single year. I'm very interested in seeing how e-commerce and online shopping grows this holiday season, which is coming up in a couple of months. And every year is a new record. And uh, Amazon Prime, as we mentioned before, broke the record in July, their, their Christmas in July. Amazon Prime Day uh, broke the record already for online sales. And I'm very interested to see how this holiday season, you know, the uh, the uh, e-commerce arena grows with the Saturday Mondays and Black Fridays and everything else. So, all right. Any, um, any other comments on, on the Stripe news? So nope. basically, well, based on what you said, you just be if an there's investor. any if there's any Stripe employees out there that are looking to offload their shares in secondary, I will gladly pick. So them this up. is definitely not the case like uh, WeWork, uh, where uh, no Stripe has massive margins. WeWork does not. WeWork is now down to I think uh, six billion valuation from the forty-seven. That I thought it was twelve. It was twelve, but some of them, some of it was a six billion dollar loan or something. And they need to go IPO before the end of the year, and that saga with the Wii company keeps keeps going on. It's almost like a soap opera. Somebody should write something about it, but uh, it's incredible. But we discussed enough for WeWork um, last week, so I'm not going to get into that now. Um, other news: um, this actually affects us a bit as far as digital marketers, but it affects also. A lot of corporations that rely on digital marketing and analytics to see the results of the campaigns and see how their campaigns are performing. And this is related to Safari, uh, which the new uh, the browser is going to start limiting Google and Facebook tracking cookies to just 24 hours. So that is a big um, constraint for everybody that relies on digital marketing to know how their campaigns are performing, including our own team. Uh, because normally you can use the settings to leave the cookies for like 30 days, seven days, you know, basically it's how you track uh, conversions and performance of the campaign. So if the browser itself is now removing the cookies or deleting them uh, in 24 hours, then the campaigns are not going to be able to report any any information. So, yeah. So basically Apple released what's called the ITP version 2.2, Intelligent Tracking Prevention. Um, it's basically a protocol that's within Safari that'll work on Macs and more importantly on iPhones, which is obviously a major market. And it basically prevents, it used to be seven day, uh, cross domain tracking. Now it's 24 hours. Um, so it's, it, they're basically cracking down on cross domain. That's the major thing. So if you're on Facebook and then you click a link and you go to your website, that cross domain is where it's only 24 hours, which obviously uh, it's not great, especially it's hurting things like retargeting campaigns massively. Um, and it, it definitely hurts the attribution too, because if someone goes to your site within a day and then they basically that cookie is gone and then three days later they come back and buy, say they go directly to your site. Now the attribution is messed up because you think, oh, this person went directly to our URL and bought mm -hmm. it. Well, no, really they came from a Facebook ad, but they're not being attributed yeah, to that. Yeah, I mean, attribution is, is the, the system. I mean, obviously our audience hopefully is uh, well-versed on how this works, but uh, the, we live in a multi-channel marketing environment where you may see an ad um, you know, on a website that you visit, or basically, let's say you start visiting a website and, and click here and there or whatever, and then the, that browser or that website places a cookie in your browser, then you go next time to a different website, you see an ad for the website, for the product you just were just looking at, and then you visit Facebook and you see an ad also there, and then you click through and all that. So the attribution is basically the method by which you determine 
who gets credit for the uh, for the ultimate conversion and obviously there's different attribution models uh, that can be used and you can say okay well I give 100% attribution to the first um, channel to the first touch which could be maybe a Facebook ad or you can distribute the attribution between different channels saying okay well I may give 20% value to the email that I sent and then another 20% value to the website when they visit and then 20% value to the last touch which could be basically a Google ad or something so now with this only 24 and normally the attribution windows are set anywhere between seven days like and Facebook uses seven day click or I'm sorry 30 day click seven day view that's right. what Facebook does, and you can and you can modify those. I mean, those are the the presets, but you can also they say one day view. View means that you see the ad, but you don't even click on it. So, uh, you have um, less of an attribution for that case. Uh, other companies do seven day attribution window uh, or or look back that they call as well. So, uh, with the twenty four hour limitation now, obviously all that goes out the window on. You may have an ad that people click on it. Let's say that you see something on a Friday, and then you decide to sleep on it over the weekend, and then on Monday you go back and purchase something. Well, that Friday ad that you clicked on gets zero credit. And now the attribution would be to, if you went to the website directly, the website, the organic search or the organic reach will get 100% attribution. So how do you solve this? Uh, basically, what they're cracking down on is cross-domain tracking and believe that Apple wants to hurt Facebook and Google, their, uh, their enemies. And so what you can do is host cookies server-side rather than uh, relying on third-party cookies. So that's basically the solution. You need, you're going to have to, especially for uh, iOS users, which... It's a massive amount of people. Yeah, just to clarify, this is right now we're discussing Safari. Obviously, Chrome, which is Google's browser, is not going to do that. Uh, right, but if you run uh, ads on mobile mm -hmm. to iPhone users, which right. is a massive cohort, and by the way, the most valuable, much more valuable than Android as far as uh, and Safari is the spending default browser. Value. But you can also use Chrome or yeah, Edge but most people use Safari. Right, use the default browser. Um, and so basically you're gonna have to host cookies server side so that you can know, it basically is gonna make it more um, on, this, on the site owner to, to manage the attribution than relying on Facebook and Google to give you the attribution because it's going to be weaker now for mobile. Right, so, so in this case, any company that is running any type of uh, digital marketing campaign that obviously goes online and then have uh, cookies, pixels, tracking pixels, and so forth. Uh, they will probably have to. They will definitely have to talk to their uh, uh, webmasters or hosting agency or digital marketing agency to make sure that they are aware of this fact. Uh, they will probably be aware because obviously any professional company will know. But they will have to make all the necessary adjustments to make sure that they can still measure click-throughs and attribution levels and channels um, from mobile when you know beyond 24 hours and that's that's gonna have to be done at the server level which is obviously where the website is hosted versus at the browser level which is the safari that the user ends up using to go to the website so that's just a little bit of news is um it, it may have um it's already having some major implications some people are kind of racking their brains trying to figure out where the numbers are coming from but yeah facebook's attribution in the last week or two has been kind of uh squirrely and 
You mean uh, uh, fucked up? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, basically, uh, they haven't said anything. They haven't said why, but a lot of people think that this may be the reason that... Well, it's critical. I mean, if, if I'm spending, let's say, $100 a day to advertise a product, and then I see it, I put the ad on Facebook, and people click on the product, and like I said, they do it on a Friday, and then they say, oh, this is cool. They go to a website, see the product and everything, and then they check over the weekend and then on Monday they say, yeah, I'm going to buy this. And then, but they already know the website. So instead of being through the Facebook ad, they just go to a website directly and find their product and buy it. The agency may see that organic or direct reach basically cause the sales saying, oh, you, you sold X amount of money or value your products by via direct um, visitors. Which means that if I'm a marketer, I say, oh, I don't need advertising. I just can go directly, you know, we get a lot of traction just directly, which is not really the case. You know, the reason why you got the direct traffic is because it's all the ad, but you cannot send the attribution to the ad anymore because it expires after 24 hours. So yeah, it's just a matter of knowing who gets what and being able to fine tune your campaigns. And, and it hurts the retargeting campaigns too. That's the thing. Basically, if, if you, it's going to be harder to run at retargeting ads after that 24-hour period because mm-hmm. the cookies are gone. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a very uh, lame uh, football analogy, it's like you keep seeing the highlights with the same wide receiver scoring all the touchdowns, and then you realize that, oh, maybe I don't need a quarterback. And it's just because you never see the quarterback in the picture. So, so yes, you do need a quarterback because he's the one who actually made the pass to the to the to the wide receiver. So I don't know if a lot of people are football fans, but that's, that's kind of uh, or the, the assists or the soccer on basketball or whatever. You know, you always see the highlights with the guy giving the dunk, but you don't see the guy that stole the ball back in the backcourt or something. So does that work for you, David? Very good enough. Okay, I know you're more of a basketball fan. I'm more of a soccer fan, but I'm, I guess I'm football in Europe. We call it football. We actually play with our feet. Anyways, that's a different discussion. All right. Um, so... Facebook, our favorite uh, company. A little bit of um, announcement also this week with their new um, uh, top TV portal that they just launched. It's an expansion of uh, a variety of products that they had before that were more on the smaller versions, like uh, like a, almost like an animated picture frame. Uh, but now with their new um, uh, portal, basically, oh, they call it Portal TV, which is... Uh, a $149 chat set-top uh, device or box um, has a bunch of features that are going to allow you to, and I say allow in quotes, allow you to have Facebook right in your living room. Are you excited? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I saw this, I said, well, I don't think very many people bought the original portal, so we'll see how this one goes. Um, one interesting thing, I mean, the basically, it's like... It basically turns your uh, TV into a smart screen. That's what it does. So you connect it to an HDMI port. One thing that's interesting is now you can have uh, video calls on a big TV screen instead of on a computer. That's interesting, um, especially if you have like a lot of people that you want to get in the shot and see the TV. That could be useful. The other thing that I thought was interesting was they have the watch together feature, which is... Basically, it allows you, if you and the other person have, uh, and say you and your friend in different houses have a portal TV, then you can sync up what you're watching, if you're watching Netflix or whatever, and watch it at the same time and kind of 
talk to each other while you're watching this. There's actually, I completely forget the name of it, but there was a, a startup that I saw that was doing this, that basically synced Netflix uh, watch times so that people could watch things together. And uh, it was like a little social network where you could, it had like ch uh, chat channels on the side and you could talk to each other. Uh, basically, Facebook's doing the same thing. I don't know if they have chat or not, but uh, you can talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, and, so um, you scroll out. I think it's interesting. I think a lot of people might use that. Um, but I don't know if a lot of people want to have a Facebook camera in their living room. We'll yeah, see. They, they say that you can actually see when the camera is on and the audio and all the stuff, you know, all this controversy about the other devices from, from Amazon, Apple, and whatever, or Google even listening in all the time. They say that it's just to improve the user experience and all the excuse, whatever. But uh, they say that the Facebook device from all companies, Facebook should be very... Uh, interested in keeping privacy after all these uh, latest uh, news and fines and everything but they say that it'll be very clear for the user whether the camera is on or off or the audio is on or off they have full control but uh, it'll make it very easy also you have an HDMI, H HDMI power TV to be able to basically share the screen with your just like you do on your phone and everything else but on the big on the big screen with a lot of options. So it's interesting how everybody's trying to um, dominate the uh, the living room, which is where everything happens in the houses with all these smart devices. And now Facebook is getting into that too. And um, on a separate type of news, Comcast, uh, that is also um, a streaming media provider, obviously is the owner of uh, NBC. Uh, they are now also decreasing or removing completely their monthly fee for their hardware. So Comcast has also um, a hardware device that's just like a, a Fire TV or uh, the Google. Google uses like a stick or something like a... Uh, it's just a little thing you can Yeah, like a USB HBI. stick or something. Not, I don't think it's a stick. It's like a little circular thing. But yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Chromecast or something. And then... Um, and then obviously Apple TV and all that stuff. So Comcast is used to rent the device for five dollars a month, and now they decide to remove that completely just to make the uh, the entry for their system much easier. So people can just basically get the device free, plug it to their TV, and then they can just uh, watch any any other Comcast um, streaming video options. So that's that's interesting. I mean, this thing just keeps happening every time. It seems like every week. Um, we have some news about streaming video services, companies, uh, content, Disney, this, that. So it's just um, at some point the, the industry is going to have to come to a point where, where things will consolidate a little bit and then everybody will be a little more clear on what gets. So not just on the pricing entry level, like uh, the monthly subscription fees, but also on the hardware and everything else, because uh, people are having to take too many decisions and then you have into this, you get into this uh, paralysis where people just decide, okay, screw it. I'm just going to stay with what I have because I don't know exactly if the new option is going to be any better or worse or I'm going to miss things or things like that. So, all right. Well, anything else, um, David, for this uh, episode? No, I think that's all I've got. So the uh, we, we let's just close the circle. The new uh, podcast that we have. Um, when do you think your first episode will be ready? Be next Tuesday. By next Tuesday. So that one is obviously very imminent. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Um, the, be sure to check the uh, show notes for this one because that's where all the information will be. Not only for the um, all the topics that we discussed, but also for the uh, for the new uh, podcast. If you're in the e-commerce arena, I definitely recommend that one. Um, it's going to be very interesting and. Uh, 
breaking news most of the times that we get from our sources, even before uh, many people at the company level are aware of that information. So uh, with that said, um, this wraps it up for today for us. Thank you, David, for joining me again. And uh, for everybody else, uh, goodbye and have a great weekend. See you.